Jewish audio on Chabad.org. Rambam, Mishnah Torah, Hilchas Meiser, the laws of tithing, Patek Sheni, chapter 2, and we know the basic law of tithing is that after the farmer gives his truma, his 2% to the Kohen, which follows the bringing of the first fruits to Jerusalem, that's the order, first fruits, truma, then comes Meiser, otherwise known as Maserishin, the first tithe, and that is 10% of the remaining crop is given to the levy. Now the question is, on our agenda, at what point in the ripening or maturation process of the produce does this mitzvah kick in? One is not obligated to set aside the tithes by biblical law. Only unless he completes all the work associated with the preparation of this produce with the intent of consuming them himself. Then he has to give miser. But for example, by Torah law, if somebody finishes the process of developing his produce, of harvesting, of readying his produce, but the intent is to sell it, by Torah law, he's exempt from giving this tithe, but rabbinically he is obligated to give miser. Shenemer, as it says, Aser to Aser v'yachalto, you shall surely tithe and you shall eat. Biblically, this obligation only kicks in by the eating process, when it's being harvested and prepared for the intent of eating. By rabbinic law, our sages said, do it as well, even if you're going to sell it. That is, as it relates to the seller, what are the obligations of the buyer? So also the buyer, too. Potter Minatera is exempt by Torah law. Shenemar, as it says, The produce of your seed. When you buy something, it's not your seed. It's your produce. Yet, nevertheless, there is a rabbinic obligation. When does this rabbinic obligation kick in? If the buyer purchased them after the process was completed by the seller. The seller completed the process. The buyer purchased it. Purchases it. The buyer should give the tithing. If the process was not completed until it entered into the hands of the buyer, and that's when it was completed, wait a minute, then not only is the buyer obligated to do it by rabbinic law, let's go a step further, he's obligated to give tithe by Torah law. Because it just went through the process of completion under his ownership. So now the question is, what is the process of completion? Gimel, Pedes, produce, 
They're not fatigued because they're too small. Kigain, for example, habais are unripened produce, produce that's not ripe. Or similar, are not obligated for the tithe, for meiser, until they get bigger. And they'll become considered produce. Shanamar, as it says, Mizera ha'oretz of the seed of the earth, mipri ha'etz of the fruits of the tree. Achi it has to be considered a fruit. If it's not considered a fruit, it's considered a little bud. You know, this bud's for you. It doesn't count. Vechein so also If we talk about grains, vakitnius or legumes, beans, shenemar as it says, eis kol. All of the produce of your seed, it has to become produce. If it's too small, too immature, where it would not be considered produce, there's no obligation of giving the levy, miser. We have a levy here, he's very sad because he wants the miser even of the small fruits. This is the key. Key word is produce. When it's called food. When it's called fruit. If it's not called food, there's no obligation for tithing. Prior to the moment that the produce reaches this magic moment. When it's called food, when it's called produce, the owner can eat as much as he wants, whatever he wants, in any way he wants, because, I mean, I don't know if he should be eating it, he should speak to his doctor. But it's not called produce, because it's not edible. And now we get into, and again, the Rambam in these halachas primarily bases his halachas on the Mishnah, and so on. Dalid, Shein Ruyin. There is certain produce which are fit to be eaten when they're small. Again, for example, like zucchini and cucumbers. You can have small zucchinis and small cucumbers. The Rambam says here, what's interesting with zucchinis and cucumbers is even though they're small, but they're mature enough to eat. If you let them grow, they're just going to get bigger, but they're not going to get better. But even in their smaller condition, they're fit to eat. Then these kind, this kind of produce is already obligated for tithe, even in their state of being small. Because as soon as they begin to grow, they're edible. Remember, the magic word is edible. So now, it's actually a very subjective, I might argue, point. So here, in hay, and we're going to go through this, as we say, chick-chock, he gives certain moments for certain different produce. What is this time when produce will reach the state where the obligation of Meiser kicks in? When it's 
when the produce will reach a stage that, number one, it can produce seed, which means if you plant it, it will grow. All depending upon the particular produce. Ketzad, for example. What's the mature, maturation point? Hatainim, if you're talking about figs, when they become soft enough to be fit to eat within 24 hours after they've been harvested. Hanovim v'abushim, grapes and thin wild grapes, when their seeds can be seen from the outside. When the seed can be crushed easily between one's fingers and produce liquid. Atmorim dates, when they swell like yeast. Ho'afarskin, peaches, when the red strands appear within them. You know, peaches have these red strands. I always wondered why. I thought it had to do with communism. Sweet, uh, I'm sorry, nuts. When the fruit becomes distinct from its outer shell. When a nut is still raw, you can't tell the difference between the shell and the nut. Hashkedim hamesukim, sweet almonds, mishet tisporish kliposin achitzeina, when their external shells become distinct, become distinct. Hamorim bitter almonds, pturim laelam are always exempt. We learned this earlier. Ushar kabal eklipos, all other fruits with shells, such as kigain ha'itztrubelin v'haleit v'habotnim, acorns, chestnuts, pistachios. When it forms the lower shell next to the fruit. Because these have second shells next to the fruit. Hazesim, olives. Olives is a tricky one. When do we consider olives minimum ripe? When it's able to produce the amount of oil... One ninth the volume, one ninth of that which it will produce when it is completely ripe. Now, we learned earlier that one of the demarcations, knowing this point, is when it's one third or more ripe. When the olive can produce a ninth of the oil that it produces when it's completely ripe, that is the demarcation of one-third ripe. Apples and esrogim, when they become rounded, because they're already fit to eat when they're small. Hatusim vi ho'eg, Berries and an og. The chay doesn't translate here the og. The chay culture dark on the I think og is sushi. Anything that becomes red, mishiadimo, when it becomes red. Hecheruvim, carobs, mishiasu, nikudes, nikudes, when they develop 
black spots. Anything that becomes black, when it becomes black, pears, small pears, quince, and thorn apples, when their hairs, no, when the, I guess the hair begins to fall off and it looks whitish. In general, anything that gets white, when it grows strands of, when it develops strands of white. Hatfua grain, when it's a third done. Hatilton, chilba, as we talked earlier, when it will grow if it's planted. Uvayorok, and in the vegetable world, Hakishuyin, Hadluyin, Vavatichin, Vamalapapona, Zucchini, Squash, Watermelon, Cucumbers, Vechel, Kayetum, and anything similar. Chayev, Bekotnon, they're obligated even when they are small. Kameshabiano, as we explained, the Sharayorak, the rest of the vegetable world, Shainaroy Lachila, Shiagdo, which cannot be really eaten until it gets bigger, and Chayev, Chiroy Lachila. The key word is it has to be fit to eat. Eshkel, interesting law here. When you have a cluster of grapes, when even one grape became ripe, the whole cluster is considered connected to this one ripe grape, and it's time for the whole cluster. It's like the whole thing ripened. Not only that cluster. The whole side where that vineyard is. So that, that one fully developed grape causes the cluster and the whole neighborhood to come with it. Remain a pomegranate. Even when one seed reaches that appropriate stage, what do we learn about a pomegranate? When you can squeeze it, one seed and liquid comes out. It's all connected to that one seed. Six. Once a person's produce come to that era, come to that stage where they're obligated for tithing. Now remember we said that by Torah law, tithing is only an obligation if you're going to eat it. But if you're going to sell it, you don't have to tithe. By rabbinic law, Tithing is an obligation, even if you're going to sell it. So therefore, once something matures, we may not sell produce to someone who is not reliable to give tithe. If he's reliable to give tithe, that's fine. I mean, the price will be adjusted. The guy says, did you tithe or did you not tithe? So it goes up or down 10%. But the question is, will somebody tithe? The imbikru... What if a portion of the produce ripens, Nicholas Habikures? Then he should remove the portion which is ripe. He can sell the rest that did not yet reach that stage. So also a person should not sell olive dregs or grape dregs for a person who is not trustworthy for tithes. Because 
the liquid that comes forth from them is obligated for tithing. Person should not sell his straw so that grain can be picked from it. Because the grain that will be picked from the straw is obligated for meisers. What if somebody took dregs of wine and added water? It's a very common thing when somebody wants wine and all he has left is dregs. I do it when I have chicken soup and I have no soup left. I add water. You add water to the dregs and then you strain it. If he gave three portions and took out four portions, so he has to give meiser for this fourth portion from another source. Because when he gives truma to begin with, his heart is to cover everything. Remember we said that truma doesn't have an exact amount biblically. So there's more leeway. As we explained way back when, when we studied the laws of truma, if he found less than a quarter, even though he found more than he put in, but it did not increase by 25%, even though it tastes like wine, pottery is exempt. And Ches, the final eighth paragraph of chapter 2, Going back to the many detailed laws of a person who consecrates something to the Holy Temple. We learned about this in such great detail. Somebody consecrates his produce while they're still attached to the ground. Before they even reached anywhere near the point where tithing obligation kicks in. So he consecrated his produce. What's the natural step that follows consecration? Person redeems it, because it's all about donation. And he redeemed it. And after he redeemed it, he gave It reached now the stage where the obligation for tithing kicks in. Now this is interesting. He consecrated his produce. It wasn't mature yet. He redeemed his produce, and after the redemption, oh, it kicked in. Is he obligated for tithing? You bet. He's obligated to give tithe, because it reached this stage in his ownership. However, if it reached the stage where the obligation kicks in of tithing, and it's still in the hands of the temple treasurer, and only after it reached that stage. Remember, we learned that if it matures under the ownership of the temple, there's no miser. So now he redeemed it afterwards, and it already matured, then it's exempt, because it reached maturity under the ownership of the consecration. End of chapter 2.